as a parent, you feel a little bit different because your kids have different needs and that other people may or may not understand. In this episode, you'll hear Alexandra, an ICU neonatal nurse, and Matt, an allergy immunology physician, discuss their experiences raising children who are living with disabilities. I'm married to my husband, Kevin. We've been married for 22 years. We have five children. William, who's 19. We have a son, David, who passed away 17 years ago. And we have our daughter, Samantha, who's 16, and she's living with Down syndrome. And we have a daughter, Olivia, who's 15, and a son, Thomas, who's 13. I've been married to my wife, Beth, for 20 years now, and we have four children. Our four came by two. We have Alex, who identifies as non-binary gender, who is 17 and a half and is living with cerebral palsy, and her twin sister, Eloise. And... Then we have Vincent, who's 13, and his twin sister, Julianne, who's living with autism and epilepsy. What have been some of the challenges that you've experienced as a parent um, when raising a child who's living with a disability? Well, first of all, raising children in general, as you know, is challenging. But raising a child living with a disability, at least in my family, my children will tell me that I don't keep it fair. And they point it out every time, believe me, if they sense that the chores are uneven or or they sense that I don't have the same expectations of her that I do of them. The challenge is supporting them the way they need to be supported and allowing them to support each other and challenge each other. How about you? (laughs) Similar type of of experience with trying to set expectations, be fair. You know, the the currency of parenting is attention. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so giving each of the children the attention they deserve, the love they deserve. And um, sometimes uh, when you have children who's living with this disability, they need more attention from time to time. And sometimes they get less for other reasons. And so trying to be attentive to that, we may not expect our 13-year-old to spend two hours on her homework, but we certainly expect her twin brother to when he has the homework. You know, the physical tasks around our house, including helping with the groceries, et cetera. We certainly don't expect those things to be performed by our child who has cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair. Those differences have to be considered. We want each of our children to grow and to improve and reach their full potential and be happy and all those things. And so as a parent, we're kind of guiding the ship a little bit, try to make sure we show enough attention and love to each one and try to be as fair as possible. Mm-hmm. Our daughter frequently needs more time, more energy. And the others notice that. And there is jealousy and resentment. And then how do you smooth that out to kind of maintain that good relationship between those kids so they can develop a healthy relationship? We have different people that work for Sammy or work with her. It's such a relief sometimes, and it's terrible to admit it when they have her. And I can just take a minute to breathe and maybe focus on the other kids, maybe go to a basketball game without worrying about where's the bathroom? How are we going to get there? Are we going to get there in time? In our family, there's no, hey guys, let's just go to the park. I don't think many people realize for our daughter, she just does, she takes more time and that it is a problem to find that balance. Yeah. The whole like just picking up and going to do something is something that that we feel maybe other families are able to do more easily than we are. We're not quite as flexible and We need to be more flexible because if you go somewhere, there might be some problems. You want your child to be comfortable, to have a good time. And sometimes they need certain things to be set up for that to happen. Our younger daughter doesn't like changes in scenery. 
So <laughs> we need to be pretty gradual. We need, other parents may not quite understand why we decline invitations to do things or why we leave early or why it's more comfortable to stay in our own home where we have all of our stuff. The other challenge part is, you know, sometimes you just feel sad about some of the things that our child may not be able to do because of their disability, whether it's take a vacation, whether it's go to grandma's and, and have a great time and be able to sleep. But then you know, flipping it to the other side a little bit about some of the joys and some of the happy parts, sometimes when you're able to meet those challenges or overcome those challenges, it's just really a, a neat thing. The whole family can really appreciate that. Our family have, have I think, become a closer family. All of our children have come to appreciate some of the little things in life a little bit more. I think our kids are more flexible because of that. They're more willing to change plans. They're more willing to do things differently or look at ways to do things differently. It's interesting that you were talking about the sad, the things they can't do. Our daughter, Sammy, she's watching her younger sister learn how to drive. She is determined that she is going to drive. And I think she could do it. The, the hurdles are she can't really read beyond a kindergarten level. And that's just her reality. Reading is a huge part of what we do. And she really wants to read chapter books, but she just can't follow the story. She wants to do it herself because she looks around and she sees everybody else reading books. My heart just breaks when I see her sitting and looking at a book and it, she doesn't turn the pages. And you just you can see the frustration on her face and the disappointment. It's so hard knowing that there really isn't anything I can do about that. So as far as driving, I think she could do it. She can navigate around town. She knows what the signs mean. The hurdle would be taking the written test. It's, it's hard. It's hard to see them recognize the things they can't do. Most parents worry a fair amount about their children's future. Are they going to develop into a happy, healthy, productive, satisfied person when they're older? When you have a children who's living with a disability and you're a parent who's providing a lot of assistance to them, this means some different financial planning. This means some different sort of life planning. Who's going to advocate for them? We don't want the siblings necessarily to feel like they must have a responsibility to be the people who step in. Those things are there for all parents. I think they're just a little bit different when you have a child with a disability who you think has less chance of maybe being fully independent when they're an adult. I want to turn to one other topic, which is working with a whole bunch of people who help us out. There are all kinds of different support systems out there. It's confusing. It's often difficult to find the resources. This is where networking with other parents who have children with disabilities can make a big difference. And there are some pitfalls to navigating this too, because you're going to find that there are huge differences. There may be a child who has the same diagnosis as your child that has a very mild version of that diagnosis or has a very severe version of that diagnosis. And those families may have very different needs. They may have different resources. Sometimes that can lead to people feeling insufficient as a parent, figuring out how to work with people who want to help your child, but may not be helping your child the way you think they could. And realizing that sometimes there's going to be challenges with schools and interfaces with other activities. It can be oddly competitive. It is very difficult, A, to figure out what supports you need and what fits with your family. Sometimes I just want to say, forget it. I don't want anybody else in my house right now. I don't want to have to worry about is my kitchen clean because at four o'clock today, so-and-so is coming to help my daughter with reading. But also there's that beautiful part of it too. People we've met and have become part of our family or really good friends that we never would have met otherwise. I think the main thing about the schools 
is that if your child is struggling and not getting the supports they need, it's really important to just ask. I was fortunate because I could be at the school frequently. So I was able to provide support and kind of model what she needed. When she graduated from eighth grade, there were tears because everybody loves Sammy. She was such a huge part of that school. And I think all of her classmates and every teacher is better because of having to rise to the occasion of learning to navigate education with a person who learns differently. I like to think about it as advocacy. And that's mm-hmm. how my oldest child uh, with, with CP would think it too. In fact, one of our very proud moments was when our 17-year-old was recognized with an award for self-advocacy by an organization that they're involved with in the community. It's been really neat for us to get to follow that and watch them develop those advocacy type skills, trying to effectively communicate how these differences can be strengths and how their contribution matters. That's been a really huge joy for my wife and I, and and I think their siblings, part of their lifelong work will be advocacy, Mm -hmm. mental health, social work, those types of interests will be hopefully um, part of a really meaningful difference in the world. We talk a lot with Sammy about using her voice especially in the last few years, she's become more understandable with her speech. For example, the doctor's appointments, it's her job to check in, give her birth date. And when people don't understand her, she needs to speak more clearly. And we've really been pushing her towards this more self-advocacy. And it's really fun to watch. She used to just kind of hide behind us. And now she kind of has resigned herself to the fact that we're not going to speak for her anymore. Sometimes I underestimate her abilities because I too see her sometimes as a person with Down syndrome instead of Sammy. I see the challenges sometimes more than I see the strengths and I'll get upset with other people who discount her abilities, but I need to be more self-aware. These little moments happen and you're like, wow, she's got it. She can do it. It's amazing. The underestimating thing is a touchy point uh, in our family. When you have a child who's in a wheelchair, there are automatic assumptions made about their cognition. So many times in public, there's a stranger who may approach our family and wants to ask questions of our child with CP, but then turns to the adult and speaks to them mm-hmm. and doesn't speak directly to our child. How often have we redirected them and say, well, why don't you ask them? <laughs> uh, because there's this underlying assumption that maybe they can't speak, maybe they won't understand. And we really have felt that quite a bit, unfortunately, over the years in schools. Mm -hmm. The expectation for our child who's in a wheelchair is that they're just happy to be there, much less there to get an education. And so that's where our child and as parents, we've really needed to be firm and say, these are their goals. This is their academic performance to date. Please don't discount them. Samantha walks into a room everybody sees that she has Down syndrome. So there's automatic assumptions made. And the one thing that I've learned from my daughter is the assumptions that I made, she blows right through those. We were told that she wouldn't do certain things. I feel joy when my underestimations are completely wrong because she's capable of doing it. It might take her a little longer. My one hope for her is that People won't underestimate her just based on her appearance. That people will give her the opportunities with the right 
teaching with the right support, she can really do anything. She's a huge asset to our family. How can you better support your colleagues, friends, and family? Comment below or discuss with a colleague.